Hi, welcome to Jerry McGee's Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life Obstacles. I don't know about you, but I imagine you're just like me. You've got a lot of things to overcome. Praise the Lord. You know, we're all a work in progress and deliverance and healing. Uh, Sanctification takes a lifetime. And so we all have things that we have to overcome. If we ever think we don't have anything to overcome, then we might need to check out our pride or blind spots. Well, praise the Lord. I just want to say welcome. I hope you'll invite others to listen to the program. It's the second and uh, the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. If if you'd like prayer afterwards, uh, if you call 646. 595-4784 and don't forget to press 1 I'll be happy to pray for you and so the the message today or tonight depending on who you're when you're listening to it it's Tuesday night here and it's um, June the 18th 2019 but the title of the message is besieged and the dictionary definition of besiege means besiege means to to surround around. Um, it means to be surrounded by hostile forces. It means to crowd around, to hem in, to harass, to opportune, which means it means to be besieged means that you can hear voices, and of course this is in varying degrees depending on what's happened to you or um, childhood things, generational things, satanic ritual abuse uh, naturally is the worst thing that causes the besieged, a person to be besieged. Let's pray. Father, we come before your throne and we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you that you're the answer to all of our problems. Thank you that you're the God who bears our sorrows. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you're the God that we can trust in. And thank you that for dying on the cross, that we might have eternal life, that we might have victory, that we might overcome. And, Lord, thank you that you died on the cross that we can overcome. And, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray tonight that I'll be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth my innermost being. I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this program spoken over any person who listens in over me my family in the name of jesus and lord i pray that my words be like goats, like well-driven nails given by you the shepherd and thank you christ in me uh my hope of glory i ask you to flow out of me to touch heal deliver and set free every person who listens to this message in jesus name and so the defi- dictionary definition of besiege, it means to be surrounded about with hostile forces, to be crowded around, to be hemmed in, harassed, or opportune, which means to hear voices uh, with requests. Uh, it means to cause to feel uh, distressed, uh, worried, to be besieged with problems. And, you know, a person that's extremely besieged always has a problem. You've heard of problem-centered people. There's just always something going on, um, a problem. Praise God, Jesus died that we could overcome our problems. It means to besiege a walled city, 
And of course, in the book of Nehemiah, it talks about the wall of Jerusalem, which is a physical type of our spiritual walls. And we know that it, they didn't rebuild the wall of Jerusalem in one day. It was a process. And that's just a process of sanctification here in the spirit realm. It means a castle to, that's besieged by foot soldiers and cavalry. Um, it means to attack from all sides, to, uh, to best or beset, to assail, assault, to fall on, to storm, to strike, to set upon, to beleaguer, to beset, to blockade, to bottle up, box up, box in, cordon off, encircle, and to lay siege. And a person who's been besieged has been overrun and overtaken by the enemy. And like I said, it's in varying degrees depending on your life experiences, depending on generational stuff. And I have people call me all the time telling me that, you know, the enemy's attacking me or Satanists are attacking me or witches are attacking me. And the only place that you can be attacked is a place where there's a hole in your spiritual wall or the wall of Jerusalem, your spiritual wall has been torn down through sin. And in spite of what uh, you've probably been told by lots of deliverance ministers, that people are besieged because of sin, God allows this. If God is not uh, our covenant, he's our covenant partner, but if we're not letting, we're not walking in repentance, we have no protection. And so many things are blamed on the devil when it's really God allowing those things uh, to discipline us. If we're wise, we'll ask God to show us what he's trying to teach us through, um, through what we're going through. And I just bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. I forbid you to work with, communicate with. Make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in Jesus' name. And, Lord, thank you that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being. And, Lord, regardless of how I say it or how I speak it, I ask, Lord, one thing, you be glorified in every life in Jesus' name. You know, there are many believers who are wearing themselves down fighting the devil, and it can become a work of the flesh. In James 4, 7, God never told us to to fight the devil he said stand he first he said submit yourself as unto the lord in james 4 7 which means to oppose or stand against and he will flee from you so it's not saying fight the devil but it's saying stand and oppose you know uh, if if i had a, a texas highway patrolman uniform on i could walk out on the freeway and hold up my hand and stand against the 18-wheelers or whatever was coming, I could say, move over there, move over here, and they would obey. And so that's just a picture of standing. And so when we have on the whole armor of God, we're able to stand. Ephesians 6 says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it's uh, so it's, it's basically just um, standing. You know, the fight's already been won at Calvary. And, of course, to have on the whole armor of God, we have to be walking under God's authority. We have to be walking in submission to his lordship. Otherwise, we have no protection. 
he's our covenant partner and he fights for us. Uh, and for us to put on the whole armor of God, we have to put off some things. And if you read Colossians 3, um, it'll tell you what to put on, what, what to put off. And um, it says, put off the old man, put on the new man. And of course, the way we do that is denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following the Lord. Um, a man who mentored me years ago said, Jesus wants to walk around in your body and act like who he is. And as long as I'm operating in the flesh, I'm acting out who I am, and um, I have no protection. And sure, there are times that we have to bind the devil. When I first started this message, I felt a real attack against the enemy, and I bound the devil. And so, well, you know, when you bind the devil and he's bound, then you know there's no spiritual root or, or breach to it. Um, God tells us to take our thoughts captive. And that means uh, whenever you have a thought that doesn't line up with the word of God, you take it captive. And, of course, if you've heard some of my messages before, you can't take a thought captive till you find out how you got there and deal with it. Now, if you, can, if you quickly bind the devil and he's gone, you know it's just a fiery dart. But we're to take all of our thoughts captive. But if we're, if we're worn out when we... Uh, because we've been fighting the devil, then um, we're doing it in our own strength instead of doing it in the strength of the Lord. And before God tells us to put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6, he tells us, uh, he says, children, obey your parents. It says, wives, submit to your husband. It tells children to honor their father and mother. And, of course, we're adult children. We still have to honor our fathers and mothers. Um, it means uh, slaves obey those that are masters over you. Basically, before it tells us to put on the whole armor of God, it tells us to submit to authority. And we have authority. God is the ultimate authority. So we we submit to his authority, which is James 4, 7, give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. But there's also physical authorities that we need to submit to. Now, praise God, we don't have to obey demons. Um the scripture says that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. So if uh, demons are speaking through people trying to control you um, and it doesn't line up with scripture, then you know you're hearing the voice of a stranger. It means in the Greek, the voice of another. And so, and I could give you instances in the word of God, you know, Abigail, when um, she was under the authority of her husband, and David wanted Nabal to feed his troops. And, of course, Nabal said uh, he was selfish. He wouldn't do it. He was greedy. So at, because David was getting ready to destroy everybody in, in Nabal's camp, Abigail went around her husband, went and fed David's, David's troops. And it was Nabal that God killed because of his hard attitude. He didn't recognize authority. In Acts chapter 5, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, uh, Peter was rebuking um, Ananias for selling the the, the land for uh, for so so much and lying about lying to the Holy Spirit, and then uh, he the Holy Spirit killed Ananias, and then Peter said, uh, Sapphira, is it true that you agreed with your husband to do this thing?" And she and she agreed. She said yes, and so then her body was carried out because God killed her. Had she not agreed with uh, his lies, then she probably wouldn't have been killed. 
and Colossians 3 tells us the things that we're to put off and we're to put on. And the way we do it is to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow the Lord. And that means in every situation, you choose God's way over your way, his plan over your plan, his attitudes over your attitudes, um, and his word over your word. And then uh, God tells us in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So it's his strength and it's his strength when we have, we're dressed up in his armor. And, uh, you know, a Texas highway department guy, he, if he didn't have his uniform on, he could be out in the middle of the freeway and get run over. But if he had a Texas highway patrolman uniform on, he could command the trucks to stop, the traffic to stop and tell them where to go and where to move. And so we're dressed up in Jesus with his armor when we've denied ourselves and we've submitted ourselves to God. And then the devil has to flee. And so the way we stand uh, and oppose him is just to stand firm in the faith and have your loins girded with truth. Ephesians six eleven says, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles and the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, 6, 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything, stand firm. So a Texas highway patrolman would stand firm, dressed up in the Texas highway patrolman, uh, highway, um, patrolman's uniform. And the devil is not afraid of what's in the uniform. He's afraid of the uniform because that represents authority. Verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. That means we love truth. We speak truth. We embrace truth. In fact, the Bible says if we don't love the truth, we're sent a strong delusion. It says, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that means I'm confessed up and prayed up. Does it mean I'm a perfect person? No. It means that I'm repented of everything I know to repent of. And I have found that you can be totally walking repentance, and the next day the Lord will show you something else. There's so many things down in our life that have been hidden, but God holds us accountable for what uh, what he shows us. The scripture says, if we abide in his word, we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Ephesians 6.15 says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means you're walking in peace. The peace that passes all understanding. Um, it says in Isaiah 26 that he'll keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed upon him because you're trusting him and you're not trusting yourself or something else. Ephesians 6.16 says, In addition to all taking up the shield of faith that you may be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. And, you know, that's not a picture of a fight. That's a picture of just holding up the shield, and that does it. And, of course, God is our shield and our strength. He's our very present help in time of trouble. Ephesians 6.17 says, And take the helmet of salvation, so we have to be born again. I'm not talking about uh, just ha- having a head knowledge. Um, believing in Jesus, the devil and the demons believe. I mean, a heart change, a heart born-again experience. The scripture says, if any man could be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away, and behold, all things become new. 
And it's not just being a church member or getting baptized. It means being born again means that there's been a time in your life when you believed in Jesus and you were willing to, to, to deny yourself, take up your cross, and it became a, a heart transformation. And it's all a work of his grace. You don't obey to be saved, but you obey because you are. It says, and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, you know, you can't see that with the human eye, but that is a real sword in the spirit. Uh, I remember a story about Rebecca Brown, who wrote several books on spiritual warfare. She was a doctor, and she one night, the, the Satanists had been after her, and she was walking across a parking lot, and they were coming after her. And she, the Holy Spirit quickened to her mind that she had the sword of the Spirit, and she held it up like she was wielding a sword toward them, and they started running. They saw the sword, even though you couldn't see it with the human eye. Ephesians six eighteen says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. So we're to pray in the Spirit because we don't know how to pray as we ought. It says, the whole armor of God causes us to be able to stand and resist, and we do it in God's strength and not in our own. And genuine repentance causes God to fight for you. And when I say genuine repentance, I mean to ch- it means to, ch- to quit your sin and confess your sin. And God, the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so a person who's besieged is under most, if not all, of the curses in Deuteronomy 28. And I suggest you read all of them. And uh, I've done this uh, at a time in my life. I would go through the curses of Deuteronomy 28, and I would circle the ones I thought I was under. And I can tell you over the years how I can look and see that um, how God's taken those things away because of just just because of repentance. And so I guess you do them all. And you may be a person that thinks, well, a Christian can't be under a curse. Well, Deuteronomy 28 says sickness is a curse. Confusion is a curse. <clears throat> Tumors are a curse. Consumption, which is a wasting lung disease. Mildew. Uh, inflammation is a curse. <clears throat> we know Christians can have those things. Born-again believers can have those things. And so it says, and uh, just to give you a few places that you can go if you don't believe that Christians can be under a curse, uh, the first place would be Revelation um, chapter 22, verse 18 and 19. It says, if you add to or take away from the word of God, that every plague in the Bible will be put on you. But that doesn't sound like a blessing, does it? Um, and also in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, before... Um, before it says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, it says that cursed is every man who does not abide by all things written in this book of the law to perform them. And, um, and of course, in uh, Matthew 5, you can see the blessings of curses. In Matthew 5, where Jesus said, Blessed is the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful. It just goes on to the, all the blessings. And there's only one curse, and that's uh, in um, Galatians where it says um, that people go into a spiritual prison when they won't for, when they won't forgive them when they're angry when they let the sun go down on their anger. And so, um, 
and the blessings are carried out by holy angels and the demons are carried out by I mean the curses are carried out by demons and so I want to first usually I just read the curses but I want to read the blessings tonight first of obedience the blessings of obedience Deuteronomy 28 1 says it shall come about if you if 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 now you see it's conditionally if you diligently obey the Lord your God to be careful to do all of his commandments which I command you today that the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth that means that you're you've been raised to sit with Christ in heavenly places and you're high above the nations of the earth It says, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. That means wherever you go, blessings follow you. Verse 28, uh, chapter 28, verse 4 says, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of of your ground and the offspring of your beast and the increase of your herd. And the young of your flock. So your children and your animals will be blessed. Verse 5. Blessed shall you be shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That means you'll have plenty of food. Verse 6 says. Blessed shall you be when you come in. And blessed shall you be when you come out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you. To flee before you seven ways. They're going to come against you one way. And they're going to flee before you seven ways and so um you know that scripture ought to give you confidence in the days we're living in with all the evil here in this world the lord will command the blessings upon your barns and in all you put your hand to do and you may not have a barn but this just has to do with your stuff everything you have will be blessed and you will be blessed in the land in which the lord your god gives you the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. And um, and I'll just like to use the potter's quill illustration that you, those of you who've listened to me before so you won't be overwhelmed by this message. The scripture says that God's the potter near the clay. And if you've ever watched a potter work, the clay doesn't do anything. The clay just rests on the potter's quill. And that's a picture of submission to God's lordship, to the lordship of Jesus. Now, many of you are trying to turn the potter's wheel uh, because you think that you have to do it yourself. And this is really a picture of a person who uh, grows up performance-oriented or being loved based on his performance, so he gets saved and thinks God wants him to perform. And see, a person that's trying to turn the potter's wheel, they're doing it ignorantly, but they're in rebellion because the only place where there is submission is on the potter's wheel. And that represents God's altar. And uh, if our clay's full of junk and all of our clay's full of junk, mine is full of junk and yours is full of junk, and it's the potter's job to take the junk out. It's the potter's job to turn the potter's wheel. It's the potter's job to beat the bubbles out of the clay. It's the potter's job to fashion the clay, mold it, shape it. And the scripture says that faith purifies the soul. And so it takes... It takes uh, faith to give yourself to a god you think may be like your mother and father since parents model for us a picture of what god's like unconsciously we may think we can't go to god or we have to do it ourselves or god doesn't want us or we're too bad or we got too much junk in in us and all of us are a work in progress 
And so, you know, in the Old Testament, God wouldn't take a sacrifice if it was blind or lame or defective. And so he tells us in Romans 12, 1, to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Well, I've got a problem. I'm defective and so are you. But if we get on God's altar, the blood that's spilled out is not our blood. It's the precious blood of Jesus. And he looks down and he don't look at all the trash in us. He doesn't look at all our junk. He looks at, he looks at the heart that wants to submit to God the Father. And the blood that's spilled out is perfect blood. The scripture says in 1 John 3, 6, whoever abides in me does not sin. And that's a picture of abiding in Christ. And I've done a message on on, a, on um, Dorothy's show. You can go into the archives and see the message on um, abiding in Christ. But so you won't get overwhelmed by this message. If we yield to God, no matter how uh, messed up we are, no matter how much We've got wrong with us, no matter how bad we're being besieged. Hey, the potter, God, is the answer. And, you know, if I'm in the potter's hands, how dare anybody try to touch me when I'm in the hands of the potter? And so God says he will establish you. And the way he does that is you have to get, you have to stay yielded to him because it says in Acts that faith purifies the soul. And he gives you a measure of faith. And if you have a hard time doing that, it's because you couldn't trust your mother and father. And so you have mother-father issues to deal with. So the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 12 that without holiness, no man's going to see God. As he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Well, how do we walk in his ways? We line our life with the word of God. And we keep on doing that because no matter, you can be totally lined up today and God will show you scripture tomorrow that you're not lined up with. And salvation is by grace. It's not, it's not, the scripture says it's not by works of righteousness, which you've done. But if you are born again, you're going to want to obey and you will obey. Deuteronomy 28.10 says, so shall all the people of the earth will see that you're called for the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. You know, if you're submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, you might think it's rejection when people uh, don't want to be around you, especially sometimes family members. It's because that Christ in you is convicting them. And so um, it says they'll be afraid of you. I know there's been times when, you know, I thought that, but I thought, you know, there it's, it's the demons in the other people are afraid of the Jesus in you. Verse 11, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and the offspring of your, your beast and the produce of your ground and in, and in which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, and he'll give rain to you in its season. And he will bless the work of your hands and, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Can you see how credit cards is a curse? God says we're going to lend to many nations but not borrow. Uh, Verse 13 says, The Lord will make that you head and not the tail, and you'll only be above and not be underneath. And so no matter, you know, you may want to be the head, but you can't be the head unless you're walking in obedience. Otherwise, you're the tail. It says, If, if, if you listen to all the commandments of the Lord your God, 
which I charge you today to observe them carefully and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And, you know, our other gods today are you've got to love me, you've got to accept me, you've got to listen to me, you've got to, um, you've got to value me, you've got to uh, be on time. You know, anything that makes you mad is connected to an idol. Anything you fear is connected to an idol. You know, when you have an idol, you fear you won't get it, and if you have it, you fear you'll lose it. And God wants us to take all these things up to his altar. And just to name a few of the curses, and I encourage you to read all of this, because of disobedience to the voice of God and his commandments in verse 15, it says, the Lord will will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke in all you undertake to do. Now, the curses are carried out by demons. The blessings are carried out by holy angels. It says in in, uh, Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who watches over his word to perform it. So if we're not walking in the word of God, uh, we don't have the protection of the angels. It says, a, con- a confusion and rebuke and all you undertake to do. And so the question is, can, um, can Christians get, convert, can get confused? Of course they can. Until you're destroyed and until you perish from quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. You see, this is to God's people. How can you forsake someone you didn't claim to hold to? Verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you. And I'm not reading all of the, the curses, but I encourage you to read them for yourself. I just uh, am highlighting some that, that stands out. Deuteronomy 28, 21, the Lord will make the pestilence. And notice who's going to do this. The Lord's going to do this. So we bring the devil for a lot of things when sickness and sin, sickness is rooted in sin. And we're all sinners. We've all, not, uh, we've all missed the mark. But praise God, when we have a problem, we need to go to God and ask him what he's trying to, to, um, to show us. If I start to get a bad cold, for example, I, I can see that cold coming. And if you've had a cold, you know it's coming. Okay, Lord, what I do? And I start repenting, and it goes the other direction. And sometimes because I've been maybe bullheaded or stubborn, he lets me get the cold uh, to discipline me. But many other times, mo- more than not, um, he stops the cold when I start repenting. And I'll just give you a testimony. And every time I do this, the devil wants to attack me and say, um, boy, you're really going to get it by sharing this. But how can I teach if I don't share the more, more excellent way? But I turned to 80 in February and I, February, 2019, I turned 80 years old. And I'm on no medication, and I haven't been to a doctor and except to have cataract surgery since 1994. And so that's a testimony to what God wants to do. And, and not that things haven't happened to me, but what, I don't look to the world for answers. I look to God for my answers because I'm committed that he's my great physician, and he's who I look to. And so... Um, 
but you have to get out from under the curse. It says in Proverbs 26, 2, like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot light. So if you're under any of these curses, there has to be a cause. So rather than go to the world for answers, look for the cause. And I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. I'm not telling you not to take medication, but I can tell you that I don't do that. I go to Jesus, my great physician. And so that's between you and God. You pray about it. And I'm not telling anybody to quit their medicine. I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. That's between you and the Lord. But I can tell you the more excellent way is to find the spiritual root to why you're sick. In verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from off the land which you're entering to possess it. And we all have a land to possess. We know 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says you're, you are building your house, you're a field, you're a vineyard. And your um, Genesis says you're dirt. Uh, the parable of the sower says we're soil. And so we have to possess our vessels in sanctification honor. And so we have things in our land that we have to possess. If you have fear in your life, you have to possess it. You have to overcome it. Jesus already won the battle at Calvary. You know, the children of Israel, when they went into the land, they saw it as a good land. But, you know, um, Moses sent out the spies, and they came back, and they said, oh, the land is bad, and it's got giants in it, and it, it, the grapes are so big that it takes two people to carry them. Um, and they came back with a bad report. And they had a physical land to possess, but we have a spiritual land to possess. That means we have to get rid of all of our anger and our hurt and our depression and our discouragement, and we have to get rid of all of our bitterness. Uh, our addictions, those are things that we have to overcome. Our pity parties, our jealousy, our laziness, those things have to be overcome. Our fear has to be overcome, and you have to take it all up the mountain, just like Abraham took up Isaac. Uh, Deuteronomy twenty-eight twenty-two says, the Lord, will, the Lord will smite you with consumption, that's a wasting lung disease, and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat with the blight uh, and mildew that's candida and they'll pursue you until you perish you know when it says the Lord's going to do this I like to, to use the illustration of of um, Psalms 91 and it, and it, it really applies to the re, any refuge of the Lord but um, I like to use Psalms 91. If you pictured Psalms 91 like a big umbrella, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. So when we're under God's shadow, that's a picture of being on the potter's wheel. It's a picture of denying yourself, taking up your cross. It's a picture of walking in the Spirit. It's a picture of arming yourself with the same purpose for as Christ suffered in the flesh. So you suffer in the flesh, for in suffering, sin loses power over you. And that's a picture. And when I'm under his umbrella, the scripture says, and I don't know, the, I don't remember the reference, but it says that when we're in God's, I'm going to paraphrase, when you're in God's refuge, the breath of the ruthless is like a rainstorm against a wall. It's kind of like um, we, have a, we have a hedge of protection around us. And if you've ever been in the house when it's raining and the rain's hitting the wall, windows and the walls or it's storming out, then you stay dry. And then it's saying if you're in God's refuge, the breath of the ruthless, in other words, the devil's breath is like a rainstorm against a wall. It can't get to you. 
But when you step outside of that re- that uh, God's refuge, you're stepping, you're putting yourself. God's not putting you out there. But when you choose rebellion, you're outside of God's refuge, and you're a target for the enemy. And that's how you get besieged. And so when it says the Lord's going to cause this, He's allowing it because you're not under God's refuge. And so when you when you're not, we have to get into that place of submission to His lordship. Verse 23 says, the heaven which is over you shall be bronze and the earth under you iron so you won't get your prayers answered. The Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You'll go out against them one way and you're going to flee seven ways. And you know, the blessing is the enemy comes against you one way and he flees seven ways. But the curse is the enemy comes against you one way and you flee seven ways. And that's how you get scattered. You know, deliverance. Jesus said, if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not gathering with me, you're scattering. And so uh, deliverance is to gather people from all the places where they've been in bondage. It says, and you will be an ex- example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses shall be food to all the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth, and there'll be no one to frighten them away because you don't have on God's armor. Um, the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth are types and shadows of demons. And I'll use the parable of the sore in uh, Matthew chapter 13, Luke 8, and Mark 4, when it talks about when the sower goes out and he sows the seed and some falls beside the road. And then Jesus explains that parable that the birds come and get it. So it's the demons and the devil that steal the word. And so that's a type and shadow of the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. There's another place in the New Testament that where Paul said he fought with the wild beasts of Ephesus. He wasn't saying he was fighting with lions and tigers. He was saying he was fighting with demons that were possessing and demonizing people. Verse 28 says, the Lord will smite you with madness. There you see mental illness, uh, ADD, uh, schizophrenia, all types of mental problems, bipolar The Lord will smite you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart. And you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness. In other words, that's the brightest part of the day, but you'll be groping in darkness. And you will not prosper in your way, but you'll only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. A people who you do not know in verse 33 will eat up the produce of your ground and in all your labors and you'll only and you'll never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. That's verse thirty four. Verse forty five says, So shall all these curses come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes which I commanded you. Therefore, in verse 48, therefore you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and the lack of all things. And he will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. And, you know, I just remembered something that I need to say about God's refuge. Outside of Psalms 91 says, I'll not be afraid of the, of the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks at noontime. So the arrows are flying outside of God's refuge. And when you step out there, then you get hit by God's arrows. And it says, 
verse 52, it shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted in come down. In other words, you're going to be besieged until you lay down all your idols and you shall, and, and it shall besiege you. That's the curse in all your towns throughout your land, which the Lord, your God has given you verse 66. So your life will hang in doubt before you and you will be in dread. That's in fear day and night and shall have no assurance of your life. So being besieged is a, major root to a person hearing voices because it's the word besiege means to opportune which means to hear voices and some people hear voices a little bit but sometimes i know people that hear them all the time they think they're in their attic or they think they're somewhere else i remember a girl who came out of satanism and um, she had to wear she had to put earphones and listen to praise music to drown out the voices that talk to her. And this is a picture of a person that is totally besieged. And um, if you've seen that, it's hard for me to share the um, and the illustration because I'm, I can't use PowerPoint or my overhead projector. But though most of you have seen the illustration of the three circles, body, soul, and spirit, a person that, that, um, has been into the occult, for example, like this girl that had been into Satanism, it's like they totally wipe out her soul realm and they begin to rebuild um, something else. And, of course, psychology calls it altars, but they say it's people in people, but it's not. It's demons and the altars that people have made to false gods that have got them into that position. And so... um, but every time we sin, for example, say, now I'm not talking about a person that's been satanically ritually abused or in Satanism. Now I'm talking about a person that just has their average stuff. If you pictured those three circles, the, the circle that is the, it's the body is the outward circle. The soul is the second uh, circle. And in your soul is your body, your mind, will, emotions, and is your heart or your conscience is in there. And then the, the smallest Um, circle in the center is a person's spirit man the the spirit that was born into that person the human spirit uh, that was born and then we join it with Christ and so we become one with Christ but wherever uh, we commit sin we because of the generational iniquities of the forefathers we have we have you put little notches in the circle it hadn't been wiped out like it would be in a in a in what they do in satanism or into witchcraft but it would just it would just be like wherever there's generational sin, there's like a, a breach in in that spiritual wall. Or for, uh, anytime we let the sun go down on our anger, there's a breach there. Anytime we sin, because the generational iniquities of the forefathers, there's breaches which are holes in the walls. And uh, it's kind of like the wall of Jerusalem that was torn down because of shame and because of sin. Uh, these spiritual walls of ours have been torn down to the sins we've committed, the sins our forefathers committed. And, you know, sanctification is a process. So when we get attacked in an area, we need to find out why we're getting attacked, repent, and get that breach healed, and praise God. Now, if we don't heal the breaches, eventually it'll work out into our physical body as sickness. But praise God, Jesus made a way at Calvary that we might have all those breaches healed. Isaiah 58 says that we'll be known if we 
you know, if we're missing as repairs of the breach. <clears throat> John ten twenty seven says, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. So a person that's besieged is hearing voices, the voice of a stranger. And so a person who's besieged has no defense against the enemy until he lays down his idols, until he repents and con- confesses the sin that brought that opened the door. You know, they also call breaches, they call it doorways in deliverance. And wherever the door is open, uh, the enemy can get in. And I like to use this illustration as a house that's got all the windows open and no screens. Things fly in. Thank God he don't show us all the windows that are open at one time. But whatever the problem is, is God trying to show us the next thing he wants to fix. So when you go through a trial or a problem, say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What do I need to repent of? And then just confess your sins and repent. Sometimes it's generational. Sometimes it's something you've done. Sometimes it's, it's something that somebody's done to you and you haven't forgiven them. And so the condition of a person being besieged and, um, and of course, the solution comes uh, through repentance. Uh, Lamentations 3.1 says, and the whole book of, of Lamentations is about spiritual har- harlotry, spiritual adultery. You know, when you and I pray the prayer to receive Jesus and our heart goes after another lover, we commit spiritual adultery against our bridegroom Jesus. And this is men and women. But the whole book of Lamentations is on spiritual harlotry or spiritual adultery. It's not talking about physical adultery. It's talking about spiritual adultery. Lamentations 3.1 says, For I am a a man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath, God's wrath. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not light. Surely against him, against me, he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day in verse four he has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away he has broken all my bones he has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship in dark places he has made me dwell like those who've been long from the dead he and when i'm saying he i'm saying god He has walled me up so that I cannot go out. He has made my chain heavy. There's bondage. Even when I cry out and call for help, he shuts out my prayers. Verse 9, he has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. And I want to say this is one of the causes of people walking in a crooked way is because they walked they haven't walked the straight and narrow. You know, how? what kind of path have you walked on? I've seen people, in fact, I know someone today that when they first moved to Lindale, they were in a walker. They walked crooked like a drunk person. They couldn't walk straight because they'd had a, they had a lifetime where they had not walked the straight and narrow. They were claiming to be believers because they believed in Jesus but they hadn't been born again and they were walking in a crooked way. In fact, a perverse spirit means crooked. Perverse means stubborn to do things that are evil, where steadfast means stubborn for the things of God. Verse 10 says, He, God, has been like a bear laying in wait 
like a line in secret places. He, God, has turned aside my ways and torn me to pieces. He has made me desolate. And that's a whole different teaching. You can do a teaching on desolation and you see what causes desolation in a person's life or affliction. Verse 12, he bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He made his arrows, the arrows of his quiver to enter my inward parts. Now, you know, in um, in the New Testament, God tells us that um, that he's going to come like a thief. He's not saying he's the thief, but he's going to come like a thief. That means demons are going to be loosed upon this land. Not that they aren't that I've already loosed. I'm telling you, I've never seen so much evil. I have become a laughing stock to my people. Their mocking song all day long. He, God, has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. And, you know, arthritis is rooted in bitterness and many other maladies uh, is rooted in bitterness. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He's made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. Now, how do we have peace? By, by, by fixing our eyes upon Jesus and trusting him, we have peace. So this is a person that's not been trusting the Lord. Verse 18. So I say my strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. Remember my afflictions and my wormwood and my wandering and my bitterness. Surely my soul remembers it and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness never ceases. His compassions never fail. Great is his faithfulness. And so when I turn to God and I get on the potter's wheel, God takes the junk out. God gives me peace. All the clay does is rest on the potter's wheel, which is a picture of surrender, full surrender. And so the cause for being besieged, uh, we've been talking about it, is rebellion. Isaiah 1, chapter 1 says, verse 2, Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have, been, I have reared and brought up. Now, this is talking about believers, but they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner and a donkey, its manners mate, his master's major. Ma- I'm sorry, his master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Now, you say, well, we're talking about Israel now. Well, the scripture says in several places, but I can think of two references. In, Ro- in Romans 2 and I believe Romans 9. I'm not sure about Romans 9, but Romans 2, Romans 9, I think, and also Galatians 3 says that believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are the Israel of God. We are the spiritual Israel of God, so it applies to us as well. A last sinful nation, people weighted down with iniquity, offspring of of evildoers, and you know we've all been offspring of evildoers. No matter how... uh, wonderful our parents were they were offspring of evildoers also sons who act corruptly they have abandoned the lord so we couldn't abandon something we didn't claim to hold to they have despised the holy one of israel they have turned away from him 
where will you conti- where where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. Now that word "sick" in the Hebrew means um, not physical sickness, but it means it's it's a really a picture of a person who's been flogged in the head. So you see that what opens us up to mental problems is rebellion, and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, the even to the head, there's nothing sound in it. Only bruises, welts, and raw wounds. Now you say, well, I don't have bruises, welts, and raw wounds, but in the spirit realm, you can't see it with a human eye, or you might have bruises, welts, and raw wounds manifesting in the physical. But this could also apply in the spiritual that you couldn't see it with the human eye. It says not pressed out or bandaged or softened with oil because Jesus, the great physician, does that. It says your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, strangers are devouring them in your presence. It's desolation as overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion, which is a picture of a church member, is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman hut in a cucumber field like a besieged city. And so a person who's besieged has had his spiritual walls broken down through generational sin, through his own sin, through the occult, through childhood trauma that's not been dealt with. We all have things that have been stored down in our heart that we don't even see. You can be totally submitted today on the surface but there's so much that you don't see that you've encountered in your lifetime. And to to get healed, you have to ask God to show you what he's trying to reveal to you by allowing you to go through certain things. Proverbs 25 verse 28 says, Like a city that's broken down without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Isaiah 7 6 says, Let us go up against Judah and terrorize it. And make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the, the son of Tabiel. Now, Tabiel is a type of Satan, but he was a he was a, a Persian governor that of Samaria who joined others in the attempt to prevent the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And so wherever I have a breach, I've set up another God in that area. Um, and this is just a type in shadow. Tabiel is a type of Satan. So wherever I have a hole in my hedge or uh, wherever I have a breach in my spiritual wall in that area of my life, I've set up another God. Because if I don't turn to God in my pain or I don't turn to God in my sin, I turn to something else. If I let the sun go down on my anger or in my sin or um, by somebody hurt me and let the sun go down on my anger, I didn't turn to God. I turned to a false God. And that's why God gives me till sundown to deal with it. Amos 4.3 says you'll go out through the breaches in the wall, each one straight before her, and they will be cast into Harmon. And I didn't look up the word Harmon. But this is really a picture of a person that astral projects. And, of course, there again, people that that astral project are people that have been in the occult in some form. But it says that when we have a breach and we astral project, it's like they're, they're pulled out through the breaches, through the walls. And so our walls are broken down through sin 
and it says that in the whole book of Nehemiah. The whole book of Nehemiah is a picture of a person rebuilding their physical wall. Well, we have spiritual walls that have to be rebuilt, and you don't rebuild them in one day. It's a process. And so the enemy goes around our walls, and he, and and day and night, to be to besiege us. Uh, Psalm fifty five ten says, day and night they go around her, upon her walls, and iniquity and mischief are found in her. Verse three, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the pressures of the wicked, are they bring down trouble. Upon me and and in anger they bear a grudge against me. And God builds your walls by His favor when we give Him sacrifices of righteousness through yieldedness. Psalm fifty one eighteen says, "He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle that's against me." So this is to encourage you: if you feel besieged, God's going to redeem your soul from the battle that's against you. From the pressure of many who strive with you. Isaiah 60 verse 10 says, And foreigners will build up your walls, and their kings will minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, and in my favor I've had compassion on you. Isaiah 62 6 says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. And you know what I'm saying? Where are the watchmen in the church today in America? The church in America is so sick. I don't know of, there may be people that call, are called watchmen, but how many are telling you to repent of your sins? If you go back, you know, all the prophets in the word of God from Jesus on back, all of them, Repented that men should repent of their sins. And if a prophet's not telling you to repent of your sins, he's not God's prophet. If he's just telling your fortune, that's not true prophecy. Micah 7:11 says, And it will be a day for building your walls. On that day will you will your boundary be extended. Do you need your boundary extended? I do. Psalm 31, 21 says, Blessed is the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. And so the way we rebuild our walls is make sure you're born again. And I don't mean just believing in your head. But if you can be talked out of your salvation, good chance you don't have salvation. If you've, if you've never been willing to deny yourself from the time you received Jesus as Savior, I can tell you, you don't know God. The next thing is work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which means deliverance from the molestation of the enemy. Lay down your idols and the things that you're trusting in. You may have to take your family members, all your stuff and everything up the mountain and just let it go. And that's really will enable you to live a stress-free life. And if you have not heard that message, I encourage you to look it up, how to live a stress-free life. It's just basically, in a nutshell, give it up. Jesus said, if you give up your life, you find it, you hold on it, you lose it. 
Another thing is re- realign. I'm not gonna say realign because you never, maybe you've never been aligned with the Word of God. Align yourself with the Word of God. The next thing is every time you repent of a sin, you have a breach that's healed. Now, if you've been in satanically ritually abused, abuse, you've had your whole spiritual wall totally devastated, smashed to the ground. And in the occult, through rituals, they'll rebuild demonic things. And, you know, if you've ever seen that movie, The Six Million Dollar Man, how he was blown up and put back together, basically they just wipe out a person's personality, which is their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions. They just wipe it out, and they start rebuilding uh, what the world calls altars, but they are altars to false gods. The world teaches that these are people inside of people, but they're not. They're altars. Each one of these places are altars to false gods because that person in that ritual didn't turn to God. He turned to something else. And that something else is the false god. So every time you repent of sin, your a breach is healed. And, of course, if you've gone through ritual abuse, it's a, it's a longer process. But I can tell you, I know people that are walking free today after many, many actually years of deliverance the next thing is know the word of God and you can't know the word of God if you don't read the word of God the next thing is repent over the word of God I've, that's how I've gotten most of my deliverances when I have a problem if I can find the word in the word of God I'll do a word study on I'll pull up every word that has to do I'll get a concordance and pull up every word that has to do with my problem a body part, or maybe if there's no body part, there could be a symptom. And if you can't see the name of the disease, you can see the symptoms of the disease and pull those up and repent over them. And then, because um, the Bible said he sent his word to heal you, and Jesus is the word of God. Practice the word of God. The way you practice it is if it says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, then um, to practice it means that you'll choose. I'm not going to be anxious about this. I'm going to offer up a prayer and supplication to God, and then I'll have the peace of God that passeth all all knowledge. The next thing is meditate on the word of God. Joshua 1.8, Joshua says, This book of the law, the word of God, will not depart from your mouth, and day and night you will meditate on it and be careful to do according to all that's written in it, and he will make your way prosperous, and everything you do will be a success. That's very important. And then after repentance and deliverance, Isaiah 60 verse 8 says, Violence will not be heard again in your land, and your land is your body. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says you're a building, you're a house, you're a field. Genesis says you're dirt. Uh, the parable of the sower says you're soil. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, it says that violence will no longer be heard again in your land, nor devastation, nor destruction within your borders. But you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Hallelujah. Every place I get a breach healed, that's part of the sanctification process. Amen. Well, if you um, 
let me just lead you in, in prayer. It's hard to do deliverance over the radio uh, because I, if I'm in a live meeting, I give people opportunity to uh, to repent over whatever the Lord shows them, and I encourage you to do that. We don't have as much time being on the radio, but um, but if you'll repent, I'll just lead you in repentance of whatever the we repent of whatever the Lord shows you. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to be born again. I ask you, if I'm not born again, that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Forgive me for not being in the word of God. Lord, forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments, which has caused me to be surrounded with hostile forces to be crowded around, harassed, vexed, uh, as, have, which has also caused me to hear voices that are not your voice. Lord, you said your sheep hear your voice and they obey you and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. Lord, I've been hemmed in and assailed and assaulted on all, stri- all sides. I've been uh, beleaguered, beset, blockaded, bottled up, boxed up, got encircled. And, God, I've been like a person who has no control over his spirit, like a man whose walls have been broken down. I ask you to thank you, Lord, that you died at Calvary, that I can rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in my life. Thank you for giving me Bible examples, Lord. I've been overtaken, overrun. God, forgive me for not walking the blameless way. Forgive me for not walking in obedience to you. Forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments. Lord, forgive me for wearing myself out fighting the devil instead of just standing and opposing and standing against thank you that i can be dressed up in you through submission to your lordship thank you lord forgive me for disobedience to parents not honoring my father and mother forgive me for not submitting to authority lord forgive me for being a rebel or renegade and lord i just want to put off the old man and put on the new through submission to your lordship Forgive me for trying to fight the devil in my own strength. Forgive me, Lord, for not standing firm in the faith and girding my loins with truth. I want to do that now. Lord, I've put on the helmet of salvation, the belt, the best blessed plate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Lord, I want to shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I want to be strong in the Lord and the strength of your might. And, Lord, I do put on the whole armor of God. Lord, I choose death to myself that your life might shine through me. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for blaming everything on the devil when it's really you trying to get my attention, Lord. Forgive me for not standing firm. Forgive me for thinking it's something that, Lord, the thinking is up to me when all you want. Lord, it's your armor. And I just need to put it on. And I want to do that now, Lord. Forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for idolatry of my family and my stuff and the things that I've fret over. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for not just letting go of my life that I might find it. God, I want to live under your blessings and walk under your blessings. Forgive me, Lord, for... Uh, adding to and taking away from the word of God. Forgive me for not believing that a Christian is be under a curse. 
forgive me for thinking the Old Testament's not for today when your word says that all scripture is given for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God might be fully approved. I want to be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, Lord. I pray you show me how to make my life blessable. I've been living under curses and defeat and failure. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, when you won the victory at Calvary. Forgive me for being overcome instead of living an overcoming life. Forgive me for being depressed and discouraged and hurt. Forgive me for fear and anger. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for rebellion. Forgive me for um, be, I forgive my forefathers that they were evildoers, and I've been an offspring of evildoers, Lord. Forgive me for um, forsaking you, which would cause me to be sick in the head, uh, having bruises, welts, and raw wounds, and no one to press me out, banish me, and soften me with oil. Lord, I want to make a new covenant with you today to be your holy bride, to walk in truth, to walk in your obedience, walk in obedience to you. Lord, thank you that you want to rebuild my spiritual walls. And thank you, Lord, that you don't overwhelm me by trying to do it all at one time. Thank you that you drive the enemy out of me little by little. Lord, I submit myself to you and I resist the devil and he has to flee in the name of Jesus, according to your word. The fight's already been done at Calvary. You just want me to stand. Lord, I, in the name of Jesus, Lord, forgive me for listening to voices that don't line up with your word. Lord, forgive me for spiritual adultery and spiritual harlotry that would cause me to be a person afflicted because of the rod of your wrath. Thank you that your loving kindness is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you that your steadfast love never fails. Lord, I ask you to remove every demonic error from me in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to flow out now and touch the life of every person who's listening to this message in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord, for not meditating on your word. Forgive me for rebellion. Forgive me for not practicing your word. Forgive me for disobedience to your word. Forgive me for not reading your word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to touch every person who's listening in now. Lord, I ask you to move with your mighty power. Christ in me, the hope of glory, flow out now and touch the lives of every person who's listening to this message. In the name of Jesus. Lord, pray with me. For I for, Lord, I forgive my forefathers for every sin that I've just confessed. I ask you to restore the walls that were broken down through the generational iniquities of the forefathers. I ask you, Lord, to preserve my body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you that you have begun a good work in me. will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life 
through the things I've confessed, through the generational iniquities of the forefathers. I break all demonic soul ties in Jesus' name. I command Tabiel to go. I command all the spirits of fear, unbelief, doubt, all the spirits that have besieged them. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. I break your power. I command every perverse spirit, all spirits of rebellion and anger and bitterness and fear, go. All spirits that came in through idolatry, all spirits of depression, despair, hopelessness, go now in Jesus' name. I break the power of fear of trusting God in the name of Jesus. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. I command all pain to go in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to heal every breach. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to remove all sickness from every person who's listening to this message. I command all spirits of pestilence, sickness, distress, disease, confusion, go. Desolation, leave now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of terror and dread, you have to go now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of consumption, fiery heat, blight, mildew, you have to go now in Jesus' name. All spirits that have caused them to lack food has to go in Jesus name all spirits that would keep them from being blessed in the city and blessed in the country you have to go now in Jesus name all spirits that came in through forsaking the Lord go now all stubbornness and rebellion and perverseness in the name of Jesus you have to leave now in Jesus name I break your power if you're listening the word spirit means breath take a deep breath and blow out or cough out in Jesus name praise you Lord Bless you, mighty God, and give Jesus a praise. Begin to praise him and thank him for what he's done, for the truth that is making you free even now. In Jesus' name, I praise you, Lord. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Now, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Fill every person that's listening with your Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. We'll give, start giving the Lord praise. Just praise him. He inhabits our praises. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Well, if you'd like special prayer, you can call in at 646-595-4781. And don't forget to press 1. And again, this is Jerry McGee, <clears throat> Abiding Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas. And we'll be back again on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month. And um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the ministry. And then if no one calls in, we'll close the meeting. Praise the Lord. Abiding Life was founded in 1978 by my former, my late husband. And uh, anyway, we're office in Lindale, Texas. And uh, if you're in the Dallas, Duncanville area, I have a, a deliverance seminar uh, the first Saturday of every month in the Hilton um, Hilton Hotel there on Interstate 20 and Main Street in Duncanville. And if you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, you can uh, email me or text me. Uh, my email address is Jerry McGee, G E R I M C G H E E, at sbcglobal.net. My website is G E R I M C G H E E dot com. It's all lowercase. And um, I encourage you. You can go to my website. We have I have uh, 
books you can order. Uh, there's Clearing the Land is a repentance book. You can go through that book. It lists all the curses in the Bible, and you can actually get deliverance just listening, just uh, repenting over the book. Um, there's a book I wrote called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. It tells you how to change negative reaping to positive. Uh, also, there's one I wrote on, on grief. I wrote one on drunkenness, and probably pretty soon I'm going to be teaching on spiritual drunkenness. And so uh, I'll Sorry, be late. Sorry, we do have a caller. Okay. I'm sorry. We do have a caller. Area code 210. Go ahead. Your mic is open. Are you in San Antonio, Texas? San Antonio, yes. That's where I grew up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a wonderful town. Um, Yeah. How can I help you? You know, I uh, just uh, really appreciate your ministry, and I was um, I'm, I'm trying to get some healing for my um, my hip joints. Uh, just it's like uh, arthritis, and uh, um, okay. Tell uh, me how you grew up. Did you have a nurturing father? No. Yeah. See that your hip hip hips had to do with not being. You know, like a picture of a good daddy. He's carrying his kid on the hip. Is that right? Uh huh. I mean, you've seen pictures of daddies hold their babies on their hips. Sure, sure, yeah. I have a picture of me on my daddy's hip, and that's one of my most precious pictures. But a a person, well, I'll just explain this. I had a lady call me once, and she she was a minister, and she said, I'm getting ready to have to have hip surgery. You have any insight? And I said, well, when you were growing up, did you have to carry your brothers and sisters on the hip? And nobody ever carried you on the hip? And she said, well, how did you know? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit told me. And I said, now you're a pastor and you're trying to carry everybody on your hip. And so anyway, oh. she said, you don't She said, you don't have to pray for me. I'm already healed. <laughs> Just the truth wow. that are free. And so if you had to carry your brothers and sisters or your parents growing up, you had to do that. That could be a reason for it. Another would be that nobody ever carried you. Right. I had a and nurturing mother. About, but um, not a daddy. Nurture, no, but also I was adopted, and um, I, um, that might be part of it too. Oh, for sure. Well, um, see, there's abandonment. There's all kinds of issues. And how were you when you were adopted? Oh, maybe only a couple months old, I think. Right. And and so your adopted father, he, he didn't nurture you either, right? Correct. Okay. There's a scripture, and I believe it's Isaiah 66, where God says that he'll pick you up on his hip, and he'll trottle you lovingly, bounce you up and down on his, God's maternal knees. And so that's, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the amplified bible but god wants to pick you up on his hip and so you need to forgive uh let me just lead you in a prayer okay sure well let let me first ask you did you have to be responsible for your brothers and sisters growing up um not so much not so much i just had one sister and yeah okay so lord i forgive my real parents my birth parents 
Say, Lord, say what I say. Lord, yeah. Lord, I forgive my birth parents. I, I forgive them for giving me away and abandoning me. I forgive them for giving me away and abandoning abandoning me. I forgive I forgive them for conceiving me illegitimately if they did. I forgive them for conceiving me illegitimately if they did. And I'll just tell you, a person that's illegitimately conceived, the scripture says can't enter the he cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord and which is a is a spiritual place more real than the room or the car you're in right now. I don't know if you're home or you're in a car. Yeah, but it's home. more real than it's more real than the than the house you're in. You can't see it with the human eye. And so um but it says in Deuteronomy, I believe it's Deuteronomy 22, that an illegitimate cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord. And so that's why you always feel shut out like you never can enter into the Lord. Do you ever feel that way? Yes. Yeah. And and a person that's illegitimately conceived, they're born with a spirit of shame because they're conceived in shame, a spirit of lust because they're conceived in lust, a spirit of, re- of uh, rebellion because they're conceived in rebellion, and a root of rejection, which opens you up to fear of man, fear of failure, fear of disapproval, fear of not being loved, man-pleasing spirit. And you could just go on and on and on. And uh, did you grow up with your adopted father? Uh, y- yes. So he was in the home, but he just uh, didn't, he wasn't a nurturing father. Correct. Okay. But your mother was. Yes. And so, Lord, I forgive, pray with me, I forgive. I forgive. My birth parents. My birth parents. And every person I heard speak while I was in the womb. And every person I heard speak while I was in the womb. I ask you to heal all of my, all of my woundings in the womb. I ask you to heal all of my woundings in the womb. And so I forgive my birth parents for not nurturing me on their hip. And so I forgive my birth parents for not nurturing me on their hip. And not not taking care of me. And not taking care of me. Not loving me. Not loving me. And uh, Lord, thank you that I had parents to adopt me. And Lord, thank you that I had parents to adopt me. And but I forgive my father, my adopted father, and my real father. And I forgive my adoptive father, my real father. That they weren't my glory. That they weren't uh, my glory. And I've been picked on my whole life. And I've been picked on my whole life. Because of not having the glory of my father. Because of not having the glory of my father. But, Lord, you're the greatest glory anybody could have. But, Lord, you're the greatest glory anybody could have. And thank you that you want to come and be my glory. And thank you that you want to come and be my glory. And I want you to lift your hand to heaven like like a little child would say, Daddy, pick me up. Hold your hand to heaven, and, Lord, I ask you to pick him up on your hip, and I ask you to trottle him, bounce him up and down on your maternal knees. Lord, I ask you to put him on your hip right now in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. Thank him for Thank picking you, you up. Lord. Thank you. Yes. And, and Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. 
for being bitter and resentful. For being bitter and resentful. That I didn't have that much relationship with my earth with my father, my adopted father and my real father. That I didn't have that much relationship with my adopted father and my biological father. And I've been Lord forgive me for grief. Lord forgive me for grief. And I thank you, Lord, that you're the greatest father anybody could have. And I thank you, Lord, that you're the greatest father anybody could have. Would you come and be my father? Will you come and be my father? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I just name. command all arthritis and bitterness because he wasn't nurtured to leave him now in Jesus' name. All the pain in his hip has to leave in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. You have to go. Take a deep breath and blow out. In Jesus' name, every spirit that came in through not being nurtured on his father's hip, leave him now in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, how does your hip feel? It's It's what? It's all better. Better? Praise yeah. God. Bless, bless the Lord. <laughs> See, when when we're not nurtured, we don't realize it because when fathers and mothers violate the law of God in training us up, we, can, we, we have an automatic issue in all those areas because the Bible says, fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So if they don't bring us up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, they provoke us to anger. And obviously, none of your birth parents or your adopted father did not was violating the word of God and training you up and you didn't know that uh, you could go to God so you came short of the grace of God and it's like you were looking for somebody to carry you or pick you up or take care of you right but thank God but thank you Lord you're that person yeah so from now on when a child doesn't have his glory father's glory it's like he doesn't have in the spirit realm doesn't have an aura around his head and the demons say you can pick on him because he doesn't have a daddy. But if you have a godly father, it's like you have an aura around your head. And the demons say you better leave him alone because he's got a father. And now your father is God, so they better leave you alone. Amen. Amen. Right? And, you yep. know, you can't have God's glory and live in sin. So just keep on lining yourself with the word of God. And you'll keep on you getting more healing and more healing and more healing. Okay. Bless Thank you, you so much, Jerry. Bless and you. And God too, bless Jerry. you. Yes. All right. And I just Thank you. I would like to encourage people to email me because I'll email you back. Um but just to finish telling you I'll be in I'll be in Lake Hamilton Bible Camp July fourth through seven. That's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I really recommend if you can go. We have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. You get you can get tremendous deliverance. It's really life-transforming. Life and you can get information by going to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com. I'll be back in Duncanville August the, the um, 3rd, and that's the Hilton Garden Inn on Interstate 20 and Main Street, exit 462, and that's in Duncanville, Texas. Um, we do have another call. 2000. Okay. Great. Erica, 816, your mic is open. Go ahead. 
Hi, Erica. How can I help you? <laughs> Area code 816. Erica? Hello? Are you there? She's got her hand up. You Maybe she muted her phone. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. Yes, my <laughs> name is Stephanie. <laughs> Your name is um, Stephanie or Erica? Stephanie. Okay, Stephanie, how can I help you, hon? Well, I'm going through, it seems like, serious attacks. Um, I lost my daughter two years ago. She had two young oh, children. Sorry. One of the oh, children um, was born with a birth defect. One side of his body is larger than the other. Um, it's oh, a very goodness. rare disease called Beckman with Wiedemann. It co- promotes cancer, so he's had cancer twice at, by the age of three. Um, oh, sad. Since his um, since that time, he's had um, his, he watched his mother get abused. He's um, Suffered through 22 rounds of chemo. He's had um, 10 surgeries. Um, his dad abandoned him right after the mom was killed. Um, I have them now. I was wondering, can you pray over us? Sure. And what are their names? Uh, Liana Hill and uh, Laquan Hill Jr. Liana and Laquan. Lord, I just yes. we just lift up Liana and Laquan Hill. God, we ask you to rescue those babies. Thank you for their grandmother, Stephanie, that's taken them in. Lord, I know it's a hard thing to do that, but thank you that you've given them somebody that loves them. We ask you to heal their grief, Lord. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus to just send forth your Holy Spirit to bring restoration and the healing is it laquan that has the cancer well he doesn't have it now he's in remission so we'll check okay laquan okay lord we we just break the power of cancer over laquan and we ask you to restore his body in the name of jesus father i ask you right now to flow out of me to him and touch his little body right now lord in jesus name Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you said that you bless those that care for the orphan. I ask you to heal Stephanie's grief, heal those children's grief, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, restore them. You said you'll restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, and we ask you to do that. We pray, Father, for the dad that abandoned them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to deal with his heart. Lord, I just pray blessings over those children father i ask you to put a hedge of protection around them i ask you to come and be their father be their defender be their healer and i ask lord right now for your divine touch upon their life and that you bless that home bless stephanie for taking them in i ask you to make provision for her whatever she needs i ask you to provide it for her lord in the name of jesus amen amen Amen. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Bless you. We've been 
really struggling. He's got, um, because of all the trauma, he's got a lot of anger issues. Um, And some things were said while he was in the womb. So I was listening to the gentleman before. And it's it's really hard to deal with the anger issue. I don't understand him because he's six. Uh, is he where I can pray for him? You said what now? Has he invited Jesus into his heart? Yes, he he has. Matter of fact, in one of his safety nets, where he feels like, well, we'll just run out of the school and go down 29th Street from 31st, and we're going to find my grandma. I'm angry, so. I think he has. And you're grandma, right? I am grandma. <laughs> um, well, you, and teach him not to let the sun go down on his anger. Um, do you think this came in when he was in the womb? It started there. I don't know what all right. was. Right. Was he illegitimately conceived? Than... Was he illegitimately yeah. conceived? You see, a lot of times when there's birth defects, it's because the parents were in sin when he was conceived. A lot of times that happens. And he doesn't have a mother now, but but you're his authority authority figure. Um, Teach him to forgive. Teach him not to let the sun go down on his anger. Uh, Do you know what makes him mad? I don't. He's got it. It seems like he targets females because that's what he saw his dad do was beat his mom. You said he targets who? Females, girls. He's not provoked by boys, but he targets females real severe. He pulls their hair, scratches them up. There's women and children. Do you discipline him when he does this? Sometimes I do, and then sometimes I mainly try to talk to him and tell him we're, you know, showing the point that the repercussions of although you apologize, that person is still hurt. Right. Well, you need to discipline him because the Bible says that the rod of discipline drives punishment. It says punishment that the scripture says punishment that hurts drives evil from the heart. And he needs to be, I know you probably feel sorry for him because of his condition, but he shouldn't be allowed to get by with anything just because he's sick. That's no, in other words, if you don't, if you don't deal with his anger right now, he could be a real problem when he's a teenager. Right. I mean, he he gets his share of spankings, but after a while you say, well, is this really working? Well, you're not getting the, and let me just tell you the difference. God says use the rod on them, and if you beat them, they won't die. That's what the word of God says. My mother okay. never spanked me in my whole life, but she hit me with a clothes hanger once and made me madder than a hornet. So if you're just swatting at them, let me tell you something, that just makes them madder. Okay. You may have to send him to his room or something, but he needs to be disciplined. Well, for the most part, I do. I have, I do some type of uh, punishment so that and well, because sure they're in state custody, 
and because they're in the uh, state custody, it's not a lot you can do on spankings. There is some, though, quite a That's bit. That's true. But, I understand. Well, I didn't realize right. that you didn't have custody of him. No, I don't. We're in the middle of a court battle now. <clears throat> and I'm hoping I win what? because this is a non-grandparent state. Well, now, are you in a court battle with who? Who's trying to contest you having him custody? Believe it or not, the dad that abandoned him. He's wanting custody of him? Yes. For the money, of course. Yeah, I was going to say that's for the money, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Lord, we just... You know, when I have fear and concern, I just take it up the mountain. Lord, we just Give me their names, Laquan and the other name again. Liana. Liana and uh, Laquan. Father, we yes. just we just take Liana and Laquan up the mountain, just like Abraham took up Isaac. And Lord, we ask you to put them wherever we glorify you the most. Lord, we think it's with their grandmother, but God, we just ask one thing: bring glory to yourself. That's what we want. What's best for those children, Lord? And if that man's just wanting the money and he's just wanting to not take care of them, God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to grant custody to Stephanie in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus to put those kids wherever we glorify you the most. I ask you to put a hedge of protection, a wall of fire, your warring angels around them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank Just you keep so much. Taking them up, take them up the mount. Well, God bless you, Stephanie. God bless you. Email me and let me know what happens, okay? Let me, uh, at, at some point before you get off, I need to get your email address. I got the SCC Global Okay. It's G- let me say it again for those others that are listening. It's G E R I M C G H E E, Jerry McGee. At sbcglobal.net, all lowercase. And my website is gerimcghee.com. And uh, I encourage y'all to email me, and uh, I always answer my emails. So um, you can email me at that address. And I encourage you to go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp and come to the now the, the the July the fourth um, the first Saturday in July my son who's my pastor will be teaching in Duncanville so we still have the meeting but I won't be there until August. Okay. okay. Well, thank There's you for calling in. Well, well, thank you for the prayer. Okay. God bless you. Okay, thank you, and God bless you also. Okay, God bless. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If you um, hope you'll listen again, the first and third Tuesdays of the month, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, invite people to listen. And um, hope to hear from you. And uh, if you would like to give a gift, we'd appreciate it. You can you can go on my website, jerrymcgee.com, and there's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. 
We appreciate those that stand with us and also the lady that sponsors this program. You can send also you can send her a gift through uh, her email is you send it through PayPal, but it's D Churchy one at hotmail.com. Thank you so much for listening in. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make your make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.